0: Welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Cantors, your host and founder of the C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hello, and welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed. My name is Zay Cantors. And I'll be your host for the show today as Christina is packing her stuff with her now husband, Aaron, and they're about to go on their honeymoon. Yay, Christina's getting married. Woo-hoo! Um, anyways, my name is Zay Cantors. I'm a addiction and mindset coach for how I quit drinking alcohol. So I help people quit drinking alcohol. And I'm also the mindset coach and co-founder of Fearless Movement Collective, I'm sure that Christina will want to tell you all about her wedding when she gets back from her honeymoon, but before I talk about it first, I'm going to introduce to you our guest speaker on the podcast today, and they are no stranger to this show. Their name is Bowie Stover, and they are my life partner, lover, business partner, and bestie for life. How's it going, Bowie?
1: I'm not too bad. How are you? Yes.
0: Good. Thanks. Thanks. Bowie is events manager for the charity Proud to Play. They're co-founder of Fearless Movement Collective and founder of the Gender Diverse Peer Support Group in Melbourne. And today's show is all about how to use non-gendered language. But before we do that, Bowie, can you tell us a little bit about Christina's wedding over the weekend? What was your favourite
1: part? Oh, it was, I think... I don't know. I've not been to many weddings to compare it to, but if all weddings are like that, then it was a lot of fun. And, um, a lot of people said unconventional, but I kind of liked it. I thought it was just entertaining. It was engaging and it wasn't dull. I think. Yeah. And the after party was definitely the highlight.
0: Yeah. For me, it was like one of the funnest weddings I've ever been to. I haven't been to that many weddings either. Um, but one thing we did do was to fly in on the back of a unicorn. We did. We did. And that
1: was probably one of my highlights. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure many many people enter a wedding on the back of a unicorn. We were bride's buddies though, so I think we got the um we got the best part apart from Chris I guess getting married. We were like second most important people.
0: Yes, we were the second most important people. <laughs> <laughs> and we had the fun job without all the stress.
1: Yeah, we just got to stand there and look good in photos. Yeah, we looked fantastic, by the way.
0: All right, so let's begin, shall we? So how to use non-gendered language. Bo, can you please tell me what does that even mean to you? Like to someone who doesn't know what what we're talking
1: about here, can you please explain a bit about that? Yeah, sure. So gendered language is... Language that would be interpreted as either fitting into, I guess, a male or female um, bracket. So, so for example, saying, hey, guys, um, would be gendered language because you can have a very, like, a mixed group of people there and not all of them are are going to be male-identifying, yet it's a very commonly used term and it is – it's gendered it's even though people may not think that and i've I've had some pretty interesting debates with people who will try and tell me that it's gender neutral uh but it's it's a gendered term so language like that hey ladies boys and girls um hey fellas hey fellas yeah anything like that they're all that's all actually gendered language and it's designed to to segregate or categorize people uh Into a group based solely on their perceived gender, when we can't even accurately perceive a person's gender just from how they outwardly present. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. It's so important. So, can can you um
0: share with me, like what exactly, like how that fits in with the work that you
1: do? Yeah. Sure. So the work that I do revolves around supporting the trans and gender diverse community. Um, Trans being people who are transgender, having been assigned a certain sex at birth, and then later in life, uh, gaining an understanding of who they are and what their true identity is, and therefore transitioning to the opposite sex. So a person who is assigned female at birth can, um, as they grow up, uh, learn who they are and t- transitioned to become a man and want to live as a man because that is who they are inside. Our assigned sex at birth, uh, which is based on our sex organs, does not dictate our gender. So, sex and gender are two different things. But what happens with um, everyone at birth is their sex is therefore um, assigned as their gender, which is not the case. So, people who transition transition from their assigned sex at birth to the gender that they feel best uh, aligns with who they are inside. Um, And gender diverse people are people who may not fit within any particular uh, gender binary. So you can have, like, say, male on one end of the spectrum and female on the other. People who are gender diverse um, will fit somewhere in between. They may fluctuate. They may be non-binary, which is someone who doesn't identify with either male or female binary, being that they are non-binary or outside of the binary. I um, mean, it's very much an umbrella term that encompasses the whole spectrum of gender that sits outside of male and female. Mm, that is such a mind trip because my whole life
0: growing up, I was always told like, there's only male and female. And and you're right like at when when babies are born it's like if they've got a penis it's like oh it's a boy and or if they've got a vagina it's like oh it's a girl and they don't ever you know take into consideration how the the how they feel on the inside
1: correct yeah sex sex um is a very like a physiological state it's what we are born what reproductive organs we have but gender which is, i think a new it's kind of a new awareness that's happening um, or it's not it's not new awareness, I think it's becoming more openly discussed that gender itself is a construct. It's a human construct. Mm. And we aren't necessarily having to fit within any binding designated category.
0: Mm. and when i when I look at the world around me, I see so much uh, uh, so much gendering. So, like a lot of things are gendered. So, toilets are gendered. The way that people speak is very gendered. People that say boys and girls all the time and men and women or men do this thing and women do that thing. And Mm, I see it everywhere now. So, I can see if someone doesn't actually fit into either of those can kind of feel maybe a bit excluded.
1: Correct. Yeah. It's like everything is tailor made to having to fit within the binary. Yeah. And as soon as you step away from that and start to acknowledge that there's more, you start to really see how limiting it can be when um everything is defined within these two kind of standards that mm. are um like that a majority of the general population does fit within. And it's thing because the majority of the population is defined within the binary and is um usually straight like it's a large part of the population, because of that, anything other than that is seen as unusual or abnormal or not not um, how it should be because it's not the majority. So that gendered language really comes from uh, the perceived norms of a, a large amount of the population. Mm. So um,
0: binary, so the belief that there is a binary, is based on the belief that there is something wrong with people who don't fit in that binary?
1: Yes and no. Like wrong or unusual, different, it's other than, I think. Uh, But there are definitely people out there who, who believe it's wrong, who don't believe that there is anything other than male and female. So a lot of people who quite strongly believe that because it's it's their perceived view of the world and I can understand how it could be hard for someone who's always felt that everything within themselves fits to try and understand the fact that it could possibly be any other way. Yeah, which is so which is why it's so important that
0: we are aware of the way that we speak and the way that we communicate, especially when we're communicating to groups of people because we never know Um, If there is someone in that group who doesn't identify within the binary, um, who doesn't identify with, say, you're speaking to a group of people who look like they're all men or look like they're all women, but maybe there is someone in there who isn't. And maybe the way that you're speaking
1: is not being inclusive of them. Absolutely. I mean what does male and female actually look like you know just as the what defines female long hair um, makeup uh, technically like women's clothes you know wh- which is none of this is actually um, defining a person's gender it's it's just you know how society has categorized people based on their outward appearance and it's very inaccurate because you can have you can have someone who may look like the 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 most muscular, huge, burly, hairy um, man ever, who actually identifies as a woman, and you, you, you wouldn't know. Hmm. So, Bowie, how do you identify? I'm non-binary, so I don't feel like I fit within the um, binary spectrum of gender at all. I, I feel I never have. As old as I can remember, I, um, I never, I never felt female. I was assigned female at birth, but I've never felt female. I rejected it for a very large part of my life, but I've also never wanted to be a boy. Um, I don't feel that that's me. I definitely have some more masculine um, traits um, with my physique and stuff like that, but it's never I've never wanted to fit within any of the kind of standards. Mm, I love that. And so how... Like when when someone's talking about you, how
0: would they refer to you
1: as? Mm. Yeah, so pronouns are a big um, thing that people don't think about. Pronouns are uh, the label that a person gives himself uh, that defines their gender. So he, him, she, her. Um, They are gendered pronouns and women will use she, her and men will use he, him. I use they, them because... I don't feel that he, him, or she, her, um, fit me, so I prefer they, them, because it's a gender-neutral term that defines like who I am. Yeah, right. And
0: so I know that some people, um, some people kind of have arguments against the term they, them, because they say that it's grammat- grammatically incorrect, <sighs> and they say,
1: well, it's for plural. <laughs> oh, this is the worst argument ever. So tell me,
0: like, what? Like, what would you say to someone who is saying that um, using they, them is not grammatically correct, mm. that it's for, used for plurals? That's not
1: true. <laughs> there's, um, it's often, it's used really commonly and people don't actually think about it. And it was used well back in the like the times of William Shakespeare. He, he would often use they, them as a singular um, pronoun for a person. But let me give you a scenario that I'm sure you've used, and I'm sure everyone else has used so many times, and it's never actually it's never actually clicked, right? Say you find someone's wallet on the ground, and you may pick it up, and you don't know who owns it, Say so there's no ID inside. You don't have any identifier at all for whose this is. You'll be like, oh, someone's dropped their wallet. Oh, I, I hope they realize. Maybe I'll put it here for them so that they can come back and get it. Ah you have literally just used they them as a singular pronoun a handful of times because you don't know the person. So someone left their jacket. Correct. I wonder whose it is.
0: I wonder if they'll they'll be coming back to pick it up. Yep. They
1: them as a singular. Awesome. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: And so when we're talking to talking about someone who is non-binary or uses the pronouns they them, we can use you can either say their name like so and so like Bowie did this, or I can say they did this.
1: Correct. And it's even it's even um, like a way to think about it is say that you know someone who who is female, who identifies as female. doesn't mean that you have to use she/ her on them all the time as well. Because what is the actual relevance? So this is a question to ask: Is it actually necessary for me to be gendering this person when I talk about them? What is the relevance of their gender in the conversation? If there's no need to she, her, someone, or he, him, someone, why not they, them, them? No, I guess it's just something. It's just something that
0: I was always taught. It's ingrained. It's like it's in our language. You look at them. And you decide whether they are male or female by their looks mm-hmm. and then you use the pronoun he or her because Correct. that's the only thing that we learnt to
1: use. Exactly. But how ne- how necessary and relevant is it in a conversation? Oh, it's
0: got nothing to do with it. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Yet it's so commonly used as um, as an easy reference point. Totally. When what happens when you start communicating with people who don't use... These gendered pronouns is you have to actually think more about the person. who are they? What does define them? What defines them that's not their gender? Because why do we need to define people based solely on their gender, which is what we do. Everyone is categorized into male or female, and that's it. your what your defining feature is that you're a woman, so therefore, when I speak to you, I'm going to she her you because that's your defining point. As opposed to, say, Oh, you know, I went to Christina's wedding on the weekend. Oh, they they threw a wonderful party. I, uh, Christina and Aaron were both really happy. They really looked like they enjoyed themselves. You know, I didn't have to say she this or he that. I can use their names. I can talk about them collectively. I can talk about them singularly. I can do any number of things that doesn't require me to actually have to define that they are male and female. Mm. It made, it's a bit clunky at first. Like, I understand it can take time to act even, and it all starts with thinking. The easiest way to start using non-gendered pronouns and non-gendered language is to start thinking in your head. The thing that um that comes up for a lot of people, they say, "Oh, it's all it's a habit. It's something I've just always done. I've always this is how it is." It's like that's not true. We are influenced, and our language is influenced by our thinking. So when we are thinking about a person, let's say we're, I'm thinking about Christina, if I if I um, didn't know any better, I would be thinking about Christina in my head as a woman and I would be sheing her and, you know, I would be saying she, her and all these things and defining her as a woman. So then my language would reflect that. But I think about Christina in my head and I think that... Christina is an amazing human. They are so talented. They have, you know, the ability to teach other people and inspire other people. So when I think about Christina, I'm not thinking she and her. I'm I'm thinking, you know, they do this or they do that. And when you start thinking about a person with that language, it's easy to talk about them with that language. Mm. If in your head you're thinking she and her and then you try and they, them, them, it doesn't connect because your thinking is betraying what your what your like what your inner world is saying about that person, and yeah. it's it's a conflict that um comes up with being misgendered. So to be misgendered, uh, it for and like this happens for me a lot is I'm non-binary, and when I'm misgendered, I have people call me a girl. They call me she her. So that's misgendering me because in their head they think of me as female, and that misgendering gives away their thoughts so you may have someone who um, who may be a family member that struggles with gendering you correctly and what this is actually indicating is their thoughts their thoughts of you are telling you the truth about what's going on they're not believing your identity because if they believe your identity they won't think of you as a gender they'll think of you as the way that you're asking to be thought of which is as something beyond that
0: Mm, I love that. So what you're saying is that when we can start to look at the people that we're talking to and see them more than just their gender and see them as um, people, people who are just human beings and it doesn't matter what sex or gender they are, that they're just people just like everyone else, then we will start to get our heads around this idea of non-gendered language Correct and be able to communicate it easier instead of finding it really like um, clunky at the beginning.
1: Absolutely, and that's not to say that like that you can never say she, her, or he, him. Like that's that's a very like it's not taking it to that extreme. It's not excluding these words completely, but it's just about having a shift that unless you actually have confirmed with someone what their pronouns are, it's not really. Relevant to refer to them by a gendered pronoun, or in a gendered language, until they've confirmed with you how um, they want you to communicate to them. And I just think it's approaching approaching each person as if you don't know without an assumption.
0: So tell me, Bo. Just wondering, as your your experience as a non binary person, how does it feel? What's the difference in how you feel when you're being misgendered or you're being spoken to by someone who is speaking very genderedly and to someone who is um, gendering you correctly or speaking in um, non-gendered ways, non-gendered language? Mm -hmm. What's the difference for someone who is
1: non-binary? I used to get upset and I know a lot of people in the community do get upset for being misgendered but I can't expect everyone – to know that I use they, them pronouns. Because it's it's still, for people who aren't in the trans and gender diverse community, it's something they don't think about. For a lot of people, it's something they've never heard of. It's a totally new concept. So I can't assume that they should know and therefore treat them um, as though they've done something intentionally wrong when they don't know any better or any differently. So I've become very accepting Um, I educate a lot of people. I have these conversations a lot, um, on how to be more open, more understanding, um, and just explaining experiences. But for a lot of people, it can be quite traumatic. It can be very invalidating, um, and can lead to like anxiety, depression. A lot of trans and gender diverse people actually have social isolation and experience a lot of social anxiety because going out and getting misgendered is something that that they just can't face because they have such low self-esteem or because of the way that society views trans and gender diverse people is already um, quite belittling like people who are transgender diverse um, have something wrong with them they're confused they don't know any better they shouldn't be allowed to self-identify like all this negative talk that goes along so they have a lot of anxiety anyway and to have just multiple people over a day while they're out constantly misgendering them it just wears down and I used to get quite frustrated with it Um, I didn't take it to heart more annoyance but the more I've met people the more I've talked the more I understand that most people are not trying to be intentionally harmful They just don't know any better. But when someone does use they, them on me or I'm around people who are using just totally gender neutral language, I feel great. I I feel happy. I feel proud of the person who's taken the time and effort to gain awareness of the community and to be understanding. To me, it shows someone who's really open to more than just what they may be familiar with. Uh, and it's, that excites me, because it's it's not an easy thing. It's not easy to shift your thinking. It's not easy to think differently from what we've all been raised, um, learning. Like from right from a really young age, like as young as you can remember, everything is gendered, right? Even babies' clothes. It's just it's just, um, it's a lot. So for someone to take the effort and take the time to actually reshape their thinking, I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for.
0: That is so cool, thank you so much for sharing that bow and i have uh I just have one final question and that is about um making mistakes so for someone that that makes a mistake and misgenders someone what what should they do
1: mm. they should just correct themselves and move on. it's not a big deal if the more um the more of a um, I guess, fuss you make over it, the more that it just seems to be about them and not the person that they misgendered. So you may feel, you may misgender someone and feel really awkward about it and being like, oh, I'm sorry, like, and using correct pronouns. So, say if someone was to, was to call me she and then went, oh, I'm so sorry, uh, I meant they. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And they're like, oh, no, I really didn't mean, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I feel so bad right now. Oh, I feel really silly. Oh, Look, I usually, and I'm so much better at this and I didn't mean to do it, you know, and and it just perpetuates. And it's like, well, now you're making it about you. Now you're not making it about an apology to me. You're making it all about how you feel. If someone was to misgender me and say she, oh, I meant they, and then just kept on talking, I have full respect for that because you've you've realised your mistake, you've acknowledged it, but then you've moved on and you've kept it going because that's that's respecting me without making it about something bigger than it has to be.
0: Mm, it's taking the attention off it. It's not making a big deal of it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Like it, I think, don't be afraid of making mistakes because they happen. I misgender people. I I when I first. Came out as non-binary. I misgendered myself. Um, you know, <laughs> these things happen. No one is perfect. People in the trans and gender diverse community—they make mistakes too. No one is. No one is exempt from that. No matter how much experience you have, I do it, um, and it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. Like I, like I explained, acknowledge, move on, show that, show that respect, but just keep it going because it's not about you.
0: And how do we know what their pronouns are? Like we can't just if, – if that's the case and there could there are, you know, transgender and gender diverse people walking around us and we meet them, how are we going to know what their pronouns are?
1: Well, I guess uh, when you introduce yourself to people, you can share your pronouns. So I, am, I do it when I introduce myself. I know you do it also when you introduce yourself. Um, I say, hey, I'm Bowie. I use they, them pronouns. And some people understand, and then when they introduce themselves, they use their pronouns. And some people look at me like they have no idea what I'm talking about, and <laughs> I've never heard of what pronouns are. Um, and you know, because we're not raised to even think about that when we meet someone, we're raised to automatically make an assumption based off appearance. So. I always share my pronouns and for people who um, who have some experience in the community, they'll often share theirs and they get it. And, and yeah, it kind of helps people to know. I also wear a little Avay badge often as well. Um, yeah. But it doesn't hurt. It never hurts to just share your pronouns. It can feel weird at first. Yeah. Thank you so
0: much, Bo. You're welcome. Um, yeah. This has all been like so interesting. I'm, I'm, I know that um, our listeners are going to get so much from this because, you know, we never know if there's going to be someone who's trans or gender diverse um, in our spaces, in our work, um, where we go, where we hang out, and just knowing how to speak um, not using non-gendered language and some in a way that's respectful um, and validating of their identity is going to, you know, help us to be able to communicate with more people, you know, in the world. Yeah, and yeah. gain that respect
1: as well. Yeah. It doesn't have to be daunting either. It can be really um, quite fun. Like I like to give myself the challenge of addressing groups or people in as many different non-gendered ways as I can. Can you give us some examples? Y- yeah, so I like to use Mahatis. I'm a bit of a pirate <laughs> fan. I use Friends, Pals, Pals. Um, you know, so,
0: hello, how- greetings, earthlings. Oh, you can totally do that. Human beings. I
1: like, hey, friends, how's it going? Hey, yeah. pals, buddies, <laughs> buddies, yeah. Um, workmates, gang, hey, team, bookworms,
0: <laughs> um, yeah, Studiers, podcasters, rock stars. I know Christina, Christina used rock uses stars all the time,
1: yeah. So, make it fun. this doesn't have to be serious. I mean that's one thing to take away. this is not super serious and doesn't have to be really really serious and this is so important. you have to get it right every time and it's ah oh, stressful ugh. It's like no, just relax, think of something inventive and just test it out. You might get interesting looks. I know I do, but you know adds to the fun
0: yeah. <laughs> so, that's amazing. Bo, can you please tell me if, if, if any one of our um, listeners are interested in learning more about this, about um, transgender, gender diverse, how to speak, how to be more of an, an ally to the community and to learn more, where can they go to find that information or to get in touch
1: with you? Um, there's a lot of content on Google. There's a lot of content on Google. Google knows um, all. Google knows all. Uh, seriously, looking up anything like how to how to use gender neutral language um, and stuff like that, you're going to find a heap of stuff there. There's lots of YouTube videos of trans and gender diverse people talking, sharing their stories. If you want to start to understand how people's lived experiences are, YouTube. It's got people who like sharing their transitions. Like, some of these are some of the bravest people I've seen. They share their, their journeys, their surgeries, their progress on hormones, like all of this incredible stuff and how life is for them. It's a really interesting one. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, uh, you can either look up our website, fearlessmovementco.com, or you can email me at Bowie at fearlessmovement.co. They were really hard to remember. (laughs) My my, my own details. you think I would know that a little bit easier, but no. And can you say what fearlessmovement.co is? So Fearless Movement Collective is our business name. Uh, We also call ourselves Fearless Movement Co. or FMC. We do online fitness, nutrition, and mindset coaching for the LGBTQIA plus community. And we specialize in supporting trans and gender diverse people who are looking to transition holistically, which is to connect heart, mind, and body together to live their true identities and have a fulfilling life.
0: That is so cool. I yeah. love it.
1: I love what we do. It's so bad. <laughs> so you're supposed to say that.
0: <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Beau, for being on this podcast today. Um I just want to give a quick recap over some of the things that we talked about. So we talked about um, using non-gendered language um, when talking to groups. So we can say, instead of saying, hey, guys, hey, fellas, hey, men, hey, boys, hey, girls, we can say things like, hey, people, hey, humans, hey, wonderful friends, all of those kinds of things. Um, When talking to – well, when introducing yourself to people, you can introduce your pronouns or say what your pronouns are And so that gives someone else a way for them to tell us their pronouns so that then we know what their pronouns are. And then when we're talking about someone who uses they them pronouns, that we can change our mindset so that we actually see people as just people instead of seeing them as men and women so that we can kind of start to... Take that genderizing, genderizing is that a word? Gender, oh, sure. Gendering? if you use it in a sentence, it's a word. Gendering <laughs> <laughs> away from, from our mindsets and our languages, and just to see us all as human beings, as equals, as people that are um, ultimately the same. So, next time that you're standing up to do a talk or a presentation, or you're just networking with people. See if you can start changing your mindset and just seeing the room and the people that are in the room as just people and not seeing them as their gender. And when you're referring to to people, to just practice and see how it
1: feels like to start using they/them and non-gendered language. Just remember, make it lighthearted. Like, don't put too much stock in it. If you mess it up, you know what? You mess it up. Try again next time. The uh, the one thing to do is just keep trying. The more times you do it, the easier
0: it gets. Thank you so much, Bo. It's been a fantastic podcast. Um, I've really enjoyed our conversation, and I'm sure our listeners have too. And that is it for this week. And it's it's going to be amazing. And I'm sure Christine is having a wonderful trip wherever she is. And. They are.
1: (laughs) Where are they even going?
0: (laughs) Who knows? Where are they going? They're going going away. (laughs) Yeah, they're going away. They're going to have fun. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Take care and all the best. Bye.